0: Well, like Colleen just prayed, throughout the centuries, right, the Christian life has been likened to a journey or to a pilgrimage. I would like to call it like a road trip, right? So you think about the Christian life and being on a journey, on a journey not alone, but on a journey with one another, not only just with one another, but ultimately with God himself, right? As we're on this journey, there's no doubt on the spiritual journey that is life. There are ups and downs, if we're honest with God, we're honest with ourselves honest with others. There are ups and there's downs. There's stops and starts along the way. And on this journey, whenever we face those stops and starts, uh, we face a question. We face a question, how are we going to engage those stops and starts? Especially when there's stops. Especially when we run into spiritual walls. When, in those times when our faith may not make sense. Our faith, God may seem distant. It may not seem like our faith is working for us during those times. There are many things that happen in those times because faith isn't always great. It isn't always great. I know for me, when I first became a Christian, I thought I'm going to live into this, what I call the God zone, right? Where God is close, where I feel close to God. When I open up the Bible, it's alive. When I pray, I feel like he's there. When I'm serving, I have energy. I called it the God zone. I remember early in my Christian life thinking, I want to live in that God zone all the time. And my idealism, especially my youth, was like, of course, I could find a way to live into that God zone. But the reality is, on the ups and downs of life, we can't always be in that God zone, nor will we always be in that God zone. Uh, Because there's so many different ways. And sometimes it's because of a crisis. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one, a close family member, a friend. Maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe it's a wayward or struggling child maybe it's the loss of a dream there's lots of different crises in our life where all of a sudden what seemed like was working for us in terms of faith we may come to a place and say god are you there god do you still care why is this happening to me we could hit a spiritual wall it doesn't have to be a big crisis sometimes you could just be going from one day to the next one week to the next and all of a sudden god just feels distant god doesn't feel like he's there and we could run into that kind of spiritual wall. In the midst of this, these descriptions, there is good news. And the good news is this, is that as we look and study different Christians over the years, followers of Christ throughout the centuries, we see that they have hit spiritual walls. In fact, we see that God reveals himself in a special way. When they continue, God, sorry, God reveals himself to us in a special way when we continue to trust him even when life and faith doesn't make sense, or life and faith isn't working for us. This has been the pattern of lives for Christians throughout the centuries. And as we come to this today, we're gonna, dis- dis- we're gonna discuss this and dis- discern this. And that's the focus of today's sermon. I mean, the sermon is journeying through the wall. Right, as we continue in our sermon series entitled Deeper, right, Learning How to Relate to God. Because when you're on this journey, and when you're on these movements, it's not always gonna be high moments. We're not always gonna be in the God zone. And I wish someone had told me this earlier in my faith journey. Because all of a sudden when I ran into this spiritual wall, when all of a sudden I realized that life was, and faith wasn't working, I felt like something was wrong with me. Like what's wrong with me? Obviously I'm not praying enough. Obviously I'm not reading the Bible enough. Obviously I'm not serving enough. And there was enough guilt and shame in that that I felt like I needed to perform. But there's grace. There's grace for all of us, right, as we seek him in these times. And consider all of your relationships, right, and and, and different relationships you're in. When there's a struggle and you move through that struggle, whether that struggle comes from outside the relationship or the struggles within the relationship, if you move through that struggle, you get to learn something new about the other person, don't you? And you also learn something about yourself. If that applies to human relationships, how much more does it apply to God? We're going to consider that today. And we're going to consider an example, and I'm going to share up front. It's an extreme example. And in the ears of our 21st century, in in this 21st century, this, this story, this account, can be scandalous and definitely disconcerting. But in the midst of it, we see how God showed up when someone was facing a spiritual wall. And his name was Abraham. If you recall, all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, the beginning when God called in, his name at that point was Abram. He said, go, leave your country, leave your people. Right? We considered that on September 12th during my installation service that, we, that he was called to go. And he did go. And eventually God promised him that he would bless all nations through his offspring. But Abram encountered all kinds of spiritual walls. Right? All of a sudden, he, wasn't able, he and his wife Sarah weren't able to have a child. There were other walls that he ran into. But God brought them through that. And eventually came to a point where they did have a child. Even in their old age, Sarah gave birth to Isaac. His name means laughter, right? And Isaac was born. And if at any time for Abraham in his spiritual journey, if he had thought he was in the God zone, it would have been then. Because, wow, look at this. His wife, right, 100 years old, having a child. Here's Isaac, the child of the promise. Now God was going to bless the nations through this child. Abraham would have been in the God zone. But then he ran into a spiritual wall, a significant wall, where things, life, God didn't make sense. And so we pick up this well-known account In Genesis chapter 22, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14. And like we've done in prior weeks, the words aren't going to be up on the screen. I invite you to close your eyes and listen to this account. And I invite you to imagine being there, whether as Abraham or maybe as an observer. Listen to this and what Abraham experienced. Genesis 22, starting at verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son, Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, he said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I'd like you to open up your eyes. Imagine being there. Now imagine being Abraham. As we hear this account, in the opening words where we see sometime later we read God tested Abraham. What it's, it's important to know is this is not something that was told to Abraham this is something that's described to us as the readers of this account and this is typical right in Hebrew writing their language from which most of the Old Testament was translated in stories and accounts like this the narrator or the the storyteller will give the reader a clue into what's happening so out of the gate in this passage we see that the narrator says that God tested Abraham. This is important to note because what we see in this is that the intention of what was happened was to be a test for Abraham. That God never intended for Abraham to actually kill his son. And right out of the gate, the writer wants the the reader to know with beyond a shadow of a doubt that there should be no misunderstanding that God wanted Abraham to actually kill his son, but he was testing him. Now the word testing is very interesting. This Hebrew word speaks of, it doesn't mean like tempting or enticing someone to do wrong. God wasn't tempting Abraham to murder his son, but he was testing him like you would test a metal, like you would test something to see if it was strong or to get a sense of what its true worth or value is. And so here, Abraham was testing, sorry, God was testing Abraham's faith to see if it was what he thought it was. And was Abraham to really be the one to carry forth through his son the blessing to the nations. And so we see what happens. He tested Abraham. And then we move on to verses 3 and 5, and you see how the, there's a buildup. Right? The next morning, Abraham wakes up, and right away, I mean, quick, there's prompt obedience by Abraham. The next morning, he wakes up and begins the preparations. I wonder how well Abraham slept that night. If he slept at all. Said he woke early in the morning, he got up. I bet you he was up all night long. I know I would have been. And so he starts to gather. He says he has two servants that go with him, which that speaks to Abraham's wealth and his fame, right? And they traveled to this region of Moriah, which would have been about 45 miles from where Abraham was at that point in a place called Beersheba. And then we read that on the third day, he looked up in the distance, he saw the location, Right? Bible commentator Walter, Walter, uh, Bruce Walkey. let me get his name right, Bruce Walkey notes that when a third day speaks to a significant preparation, that the, it was pre- a significant moment was about to happen, whenever in the Bible it talks about the third day. So Abraham moves forward, and then we read that he leaves his two servants. So Abraham has to go with Isaac alone. Right here we see this calling of Abraham and this command And and it gets more and more intense. Abraham gets right to the edge, right to the edge of sacrificing his son. But God interrupts him and says, Abraham, Abraham, right? Two times speaking to the urgency and the angel of the Lord stops Abraham from this unimaginable, unthinkable act of killing his son. And in that moment, God provides. Abraham looks up and there in a thicket, he sees a ram. And God provides the sacrifice instead of his son. And in that moment, then Abraham, he creates, he calls that place, the Lord will provide. Here, it's as if he had a new understanding of God, that though God had provided him for him in the future, here he clearly took a moment and said, the Lord will provide. In essence, it was a sense of revelation coming through this difficult time, this dark time, this wall. God provided for him. And so consider Abraham's experience, right? On the one hand, you have God's promise that through his son Isaac would be a blessing to the nations. But on the other hand, this command to go and sacrifice his son, these were seemingly irreconcilable. Abraham was facing, no doubt, a spiritual wall. But he journeyed through that wall. And how do you do it? Well, we get a better glimpse, if you will, a commentary on this in the New Testament book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 and 19, we read this By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Right? We see in these verses in Hebrews that Abraham indeed was a person of deep faith, a person who trusted God. And he had embraced those promises, and even to the point that he had reasoned that Isaac had been brought back from the dead. But still, even if on his best days, for Abraham at that moment, he must have been thinking, why God, why? What are you doing? Where is this leading? So as we come to this outcome, again, we see as God helped Abraham journey through this dark stretch, through this wall, that there was a a revelation, a deeper revelation of who God is, his very character of God is the God who provides. Abraham now knew because of this intense, intense moment, he knew God more. He had a deeper relationship with him. In fact, Isaac did, no doubt, as well. And God was not going to let Abraham kill Isaac. So on his faith journey, we see that Abraham listened, he trusted, and he followed, even when it didn't make sense. Even at a point, it must have been where Abraham thought, is this what I believe about God? Are you really who I think you are? I know I've prayed that prayer points when I've faced challenging times. I wonder what those prayers were like for Abraham. So this is what can happen at the wall. If we journey through spiritual walls, we can receive a new experience of God. It may not be something we would ask for or want, but if we stick with God, if we stay with him, if we trust him, if we move through that stretch with God, on the other side, God can reveal something more significant about himself, and we can learn how to relate to him in a deeper way. Again, this has been discussed over the years of Christian faith, right? A writer nearly over 500 years ago And one of the excerpts of his writing called The Dark Night of the Soul, right, by someone called St. John of the Cross. He details this, what some call spiritual walls. I would say nowadays people call it the dip. Right back then it was the dark night of the soul. And he describes this time of coming to a time where God seems distant and what seemed to work didn't work anymore and faith didn't make sense. And in this dark night, how God can help a Christian, a follower of Christ, move from a beginner stage to a deeper relationship with him as you go through this dark night of the soul. And what St. John of the Cross talks about in his writing is that for us, it's way too easy as human beings to fall in love with the idea of God or the experience of God, but then lose track of God himself. And at different points, God needs to reset our affections. He has to retune our desires. And when we fall in love more with the gifts as opposed to the giver, that God in this broken world can use, whether it's a crisis or a tough time, a spiritual wall or a dark night of the soul, in essence, to retune our spiritual taste buds so we can once again taste and see that God is good. This is how God works as part of our journey. So what does this practically look like? I want to share an example in my life when I went through a spiritual wall. I journeyed through that wall with God. It's a wall that I didn't want. It was about 10 years ago. Uh, my family at that point had moved from near the Seattle, Washington area to Virginia. And I was serving as an associate pastor of discipleship. And I was excited to join that church staff outside of Richmond, Virginia. But eight months in, the lead or senior pastor departed. And I was looking forward to working with him. And, and once he left, we were left without a leader. And not only was that difficult, but then within months, our session of elders discerned that it was time to leave the denomination and transfer to another denomination and enter into what was called a gracious dismissal process, which wasn't gracious, unfortunately, at all. And in that season, I'm not going to go into all the details. It's not helpful to go into all the details here, but I can share with you today that I was plummeted into a dark season because I saw parts of the church that I wish I could have never seen. And pulling back the curtain, recognizing that there was broken relationships, there was struggles, and yes, the P word, politics. And I ran into it firsthand. And I had to come face to face with the fact that the church is made up of real people, and real people are sinners, like you and me, and there are struggles. And so growing up in church, in this church, right, there's a reason I had an idealistic picture of the church. This church was an amazing church as a child right? Youth club, junior high, high school, mission trips. I mean, I didn't see the underbelly of New Providence Presbyterian Church growing up. I just saw the happy times. And there were a lot of happy times. For so those of you been around, yeah, we're the church. It's not perfect. But I didn't see that. I didn't know that. For me, the church was supposed to be a happy place where you get away from pain and suffering. People get along, right? This is the happy place. Everything else is a struggle, but the church, no, church should be a happy place. But it wasn't during those months. And that God zone, that bubble was popped. And all of a sudden, my faith that's worked for me wasn't working anymore. I'd open up my Bible and it was dry. I'd pray, was God really there? I'd serve and keep going. It felt like, was it really worth it? I thought, should I quit? Should I go back? What should I do? But the good news is I had mentors and good friends praying for me, encouraging me saying, Jeff, stick with it, stay with it, stay with God, see what he's going to do. And because of the grace of God and those prayers and that encouragement, I journeyed through that wall with God's help. And on the other side, I learned some hard lessons. I learned the hard way that the church isn't a perfect, happy place. And that's okay. It's because it's in the struggles, in the struggles of relationships is that that's how God grows us up and he allows us to grow into deeper, not only followers of Christ, but we learn how to love through struggles. And so the church can be a place of struggle and that's okay. I had to learn that the hard way. I had to learn that, that you can't escape pain and suffering in this world. and That even in the church, there's gonna be some aspects of pain and suffering. And to be real with that. And once you get real with that and bring it to God, then good things could happen. I had to journey through the wall for God to reset my spiritual taste buds, to not put my faith in what was an unrealistic set of expectations about the church and honestly an unbiblical set of expectations about the church. He had to take me through that wall to do that. I don't know what that wall looks like for you Um, as you think about your life, whether it's a crisis or a time, whether it's something in the past, something you're going through right now or something that you're going to face in the near future. But my invitation to you is where we started, is that as we think about these walls, to remember that God reveals himself to us in a special way, in a special way, right? When we continue to trust him, even when our faith doesn't make sense or doesn't work for us, right? God will meet us through those walls. Abraham journeyed through that wall. And honestly, Abraham, the man of faith, points us to jesus jesus who journeyed through the ultimate wall jesus christ who journeyed through the ultimate wall of the cross he journeyed through that wall for you and for me right he stayed in it he stayed with it in many ways jesus experienced that wall right and he went through that wall so that we can go through our walls with his help right jesus went through the darkest night of the soul that unimaginable and scary day on the cross we think how about unimaginable and scary it was for Abraham to be asked to sacrifice his son right God provided for Abraham he provided a ram to be sacrificed instead of Isaac right on that dark and imaginable and scary day when Jesus was crucified on the cross right God the Father provided he provided the perfect offering for our sin and that offering was instead of us who deserve to pay the penalty for our sins, right? And because of that, Jesus came not only through that wall, he didn't just survive the wall, he was resurrected on the third day in real time, overcoming that dark night of the soul. And because of that, we can look to him to bring us through whatever, whatever dark nights of the soul we are facing. He's been through it, and his power and presence can bring us through those spiritual walls in due time. Our role is to look to him and continue to look to him in faith and in trust, recognizing, as we do, that God will show us something about him, new and different, and he can reset not only our spiritual taste buds, but break down anything that stands between us and him. And so that's what it means to journey through the wall, these spiritual walls. Let me give you one thing to remember, one thing to do, and some things, some questions for reflection. Remember this, remember, God reveals himself to us in a special way as we continue to trust him during times when faith doesn't seem to make sense or to work, right? God reveals himself to us in a special way. He did that to Abraham. And so what's one thing to do? I invite you to identify a time when your faith didn't seem to make sense or work. And then ask God, what were you trying to show me about yourself in that experience? Or in that season now I've started by looking back to say is there something in the past where you could ask God that question for some this could be a painful experience there's a lot of grace in this that God wants to meet you in this to go back and say okay in a time of crisis a time of, of the spiritual wall God is there something you were trying to show me maybe something that you missed about him about yourself and your relationship engage him in that question maybe you're going journeying through a wall right now today And so by the grace of God, you're here with us in person or joining us online. God has brought you. You're not here by accident. You need to hear this good news that the one who went through the most unimaginable dark night of the soul, Jesus, journeying through the wall of the cross is with you, loves you, and wants to give you what you need to move through that wall and to show and for God to reveal something about himself that you can call upon him in that. Or maybe there's something you're going to face in the near future. My hope and prayer is that not if, but when you come across the next spiritual wall, when you run up against that on your journey, that you'll remember this sermon. Remember what Abraham went through. Ultimately, remember what Jesus went through for you so that you can journey through that wall and move through it by the grace of God. A couple questions for reflection. but you look at these over lunch today, maybe tonight. Maybe on your own with a journal, but definitely I invite you to th- consider them with a group or with a close friend. Number one, when has God seemed distant or your faith didn't seem to work, and how did you respond? Start there. Just identify one of those spiritual walls that you run into. Number two, what would it look like to listen, trust, and follow God through the wall? As you've heard this sermon, as you consider Abraham, you you think about this, what would that look like? And number three, what could God be revealing about himself to you in the journey through the wall? Again, whether it's looking back in that instance, whether it's you're going through it right now, what could God be revealing? All right, these questions, I'll post them out on Facebook. They're also being an email. We're getting into a practice on Mondays of sending out an email typically by midday that has a recap of the sermon with these questions. Uh, my prayer is that you'll continue to go deeper in this content uh, as you wrestle not only with Genesis chapter 22, but the rest of the content of this sermon. May God give you the grace to journey through whatever walls you are facing with the power and presence of Jesus, the one who went through the ultimate wall, the cross of Christ. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, we ask for grace. We ask for help. Lord, in this journey, the spiritual journey that can be so hard in this world, Lord, we need your grace. So I pray for every person who has heard this sermon, that you would give them grace in whatever they're facing, Lord, whatever spiritual wall they're facing, God, help them. Give them strength. Give them everything they need. And as they move through that wall, Lord, that you would show them something more about yourself that would, once again, allow them to follow you closely and even more closely than before, to go deeper in that relationship. Lord, we don't want these walls But in this broken world, we're going to have them. And so, Lord, thank you that you are there, that you will walk with us. And we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.